Giants deliberated over oh, Joe Judge goodness. much longer than they needed to mm. for a guy who went 10 and 23 in two seasons, uh, who went on an 11 minute rant a couple of weeks ago about how much the culture was changing, how much free agents who had left wanted to play for the Giants, and how much, you know, it wasn't like the previous guy. Basically, the speech of a dead man walking. Uh, and then proceeded to <laughs> quarterback sneak uh, consecutive plays from inside his uh, his 10-yard line. Um, it took a little longer than we would have thought to come to the decision to fire Joe Judge on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. The Giants have now fired Joe Judge. He follows out the door retiring general manager Dave Gettleman. Uh, so the Giants have cleaned house, sort of, yes, sort of. Uh, no, they haven't cleaned house. And, uh, and, we, and we saw the latest example of that today, because as, as is the case with most dysfunctional franchises, Michael, uh, it rots from the top yeah. down. It starts with ownership. That's right. And Amen. the issue is that Amen, this minister. is to, to, <laughs> to be to be one of the league's uh, blue blood and, 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 and one of the league's most famous franchises, one of the flagship franchises of the National Football League. It is very much a mom and pop organization as long-suffering Giants fans know. So today we got the latest example of that. We got John Mara speaking to the media, not live, speaking to the media uh, and, and giving a one-question, no-follow-up limit uh, to reporters. <laughs> and he talked about how, uh, you know, again, this, this typical... Oh, you're going to set the rules. You're going to set the rules. He was, and, yeah. and you think he this, was asked, is, this is really a press conference. Right. But, we're, but we're being accountable. We're, we're being accountable, okay? Uh, but here's the, the key question this is the one that's making around the key answer. I should say he was asked if this is the lowest moment that he's felt in association with the team and he's on the team for a long time. His family is on the team since before he was born. Of yeah. course, this is we're talking about NFL right. history. when you talk about the New York Giants, right? He said generational honestly, wealth. Would, this is this is generational correct. wealth right here. This is how it happened. He said, honestly, I would have to say yes, that this is his lowest moment. Yes, it Yes, it is. I kept thinking during the season we had hit rock bottom that each week it got a little worse. All right. And so he yeah. talked about how this is a, a search uh, for GM. The GM is going to pick the coach, but the organization is looking outside the organization. That's been the knock on the Giants for years is that there are too many people that represent the old guard. There are too many holdovers. Like there is too many people who are too familiar, too familial when it comes to who's running that organization. Yeah. To which I say, Michael, okay, if the same people are running the search, what should lead me and more important Giants fans to believe that you're going to yes. pick the right person to be right. the general manager and then that person is going to pick the right person to be the head coach free of interference from the aforementioned old guard. Not, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So Ooh. from McAdoo to Shermer to Judge... It feels like it's just going to be same old, same old. Although I have the solution, Michael, which I'll share shortly. Oh, I First, can't wait. First, your reaction to Joe to Judge finally being fired. Okay, I can't wait to hear your solution, but we'll get there, Mike. This it seems like we keep having this conversation with different people in different locations. It's the same conversation we had, in a sense, if you really think about it. Now, this is strange. How many people would put Antonio Brown and the New York Giants? on the same platform, but they're part of the same TED Talk. This TED Talk is, 
Here it is. It's very quick. It's the quickest TED talk you've ever heard. Look in the mirror and say, I'm the problem. End of TED talk. <laughs> Look in the mirror and say, it's me. It's right. me. It's my fault. I'm the reason. I'm the reason things aren't going as well as they should. And I know how to fix it. I'm going to step aside. And I'm going to I'm going to look at other successful organizations, successful, truly successful organizations. And I'm going to ask what they do. And then I'm going to I'm going to copy that. This is the great thing about the NFL. Here's the, the NFL is so great. You got 32 teams. Some of them are really terrible. Some of them are really great. Some of them are inconsistent, but you, they're all around you. It's you're in the same league. So if you figure, all right, am I doing this right? You don't have to. It's not a rhetorical question. All you have to do is look around and see who's continually okay. in the playoffs, right? Okay. So no, you're right. And before I think, before I get to my solution, I I do yeah. have to come around. I, it, you know, sometimes it takes me a while, Michael. Sometimes it takes me a while. You know, okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm, okay. You know where I'm coming around to. Go ahead. I, I'll, 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 I'll. No, I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll I don't you. know. I actually don't know. Okay. Go ahead. I'm. I'm, I'm intrigued. Members of our family on, on brother from another people on this program. <laughs> I know. know we must... I do know. I do know. I get it now. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I'm. I'm listening. I. I can't wait to hear how you spin this. I'm not gonna spin it. No, I'm not gonna spin it at all. Okay. Uh, you okay. know. And I'll give it. I'll give the ball back. But I just didn't want you to get too far past this point. And I didn't want to forget to say this because it's been on my mind and on my heart and on my spirit. <laughs> since, since, since earlier today, uh, members of this program, loyal viewers of this program, and we thank you, will recall uh, a conversation that we infamously had that lasted, you know, way longer Long than time. it should have. And that's saying something. That's saying something on this here show. It went longer than it should have. But we got in this argument. It, it was about the Bengals. And when they drafted Jamar Chase, this sidebar conversation that ended up taking an hour was about your statement that some organizations just don't want to win. And I was like, Michael, get out of here. Like, that's ridiculous. They all want to win. They all want to win. And I do believe that they all want to win. But my point was that they don't know how to win. Some organizations don't know how to win. They don't know that they don't know. And worse, and I think this is what you were getting at, and you can take it from here, is that yeah. some organizations don't want to win bad enough at the expense of the way that they want to win. The Giants want to win doing it the same way that they've always yep. done it. And what's the definition of insanity? Yes. Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So I, I, I'm closer to where you are, that the Giants are the latest and greatest example of an organization that just doesn't want to win. And if they do, they can't figure out that they're the problem. Yeah, and I, I think th this is where I'd start. And I said, you know, look around the NFL, look at other franchises. No. I, maybe I'd, I'd even start closer to home, Mike, and then I'd go outside. So internal first, then outside. The one thing you don't want to do when you're a rich person, which I've never been, but if, if I ever become rich, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that somebody besides my wife has the authority and the security uh, and, 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 the, uh, and the guts to call me an a-hole. You know what? You're being an a-hole. You know what? You, you, you're stupid. I thought that was my job. You've got this all wrong. Right, right. Well, well, but besides you, besides you. But when you're rich, besides my when wife, you're rich. Yeah, right. When yeah, you're rich, right. because yeah. what happens is and sometimes the rich people don't necessarily ask for it. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a really strange dynamic where people are around them and everybody wants something from them. Everybody's pulling on them. So sometimes they didn't ask people to tell them what they want to hear, but people around them tell them what they want to hear, thinking that it will better their situation. Everybody's yeah. trying to, you, you surround yourself with yes men, yes women, and climbers. And because of that, nobody, no, nobody ever is accountable. Nothing gets better. No one is told, hey, right there, that's wrong. And you may have created it. You may have thought that was a good idea. That was a bad idea. So I'd start there. I'd find a couple of people who would tell me no. A couple of people who would say, I'm full Correct. of it. Correct. And, and not right. be afraid of losing their jobs. Then I'd go outside the organization. But let me come back to Joe Judge here for a second because it's an yeah, interesting no, thing. If Mike, if NBC Sports came to me today and said, you know what, uh, Michael Holly, I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. Uh, I want you to be the president of NBC Sports. I would take the job, even though I have no business taking the job. You know, president mm-hmm. of NBC Sports, look, that looks great. I, I, first thing I do is get a desk, then put my dirty feet up on the desk and just sit there for a while, right. for 25 right. minutes, and think about, you know what? Do I want to keep Michael Smith on board? I'm not sure. I, let, me, let me think about this. Let me think about it for a while. But, okay. My first order of business. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Somebody call up Michael Smith. But right. the reason I say it that way is because the Giants offered Joe Judge a head coaching job. And I said it at the time. Somewhere, somewhere on tape. I said, Joe Judge has no business being the head coach of the New York Giants. He was a special yeah. teams coordinator for the Patriots. I'm not against special teams coordinators. That's not my point. No, John Harbaugh. They, they're very, they're, yeah. They could be very yeah. good. They coach the whole team. They could be very good. Yes. yes. So he's a special teams coordinator for the Patriots. And the year he got the job, he was, uh, I think he was special teams coordinator, wide receivers coach too. That was one of the worst mm-hmm. years for wide receivers in New England. Just, oh, by the way. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't, he clearly wasn't ready for the job, but it's more of that old mom and pop business. Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. Gave him a glowing, flowing letter right. of recommendation. Maybe gave him a, pres- a, a, you know, a virtual presentation. And so when Belichick likes you and you're up for a job in some organizations like New York, where Belichick spent a lot of time, where he cut his teeth, that goes a long way. He shouldn't have gotten a job in the first place. So a lot of this right. is a lot of this is on the Giants hiring him. A lot of it's on him just not knowing what to do. It's almost like people are saying, cool. well, he could have done things. He could have done things a little different. Yeah, he could have, but he didn't know better. He didn't but know what he was back doing. To, He's- but that goes back to my point about the Giants. The Giants don't know what they're looking for. Now, I will give the Giants credit for this. I will give them credit for this because initially the reservation on their part was reportedly they didn't want to be this model of instability. They didn't want to cut another coach loose yeah. after two years. They didn't want to do this again. Right. So I actually give them credit for not sticking with Joe Judge against their better judgment. I give them credit for not sticking with Joe Judge just to prove like, well, you know, we're not going to be one of those organizations that turn over coaches. No, you got it wrong again. Ask yourself why you keep hiring the wrong people. Something's wrong with your process or something's wrong with the people leading the process. So even if you hire another general manager to then pick the head coach, you're doing something wrong in the first place because I have to question the general manager hired before he even comes in the door. I have to question if you know what you're right. doing to identify the right person to identify the right person. You know what I mean? So right. 
But it, even and we laughed about it, and it was a joke because the Giants have become a joke. They're 61 and 100 since winning Super Bowl 46. 61 and 100. And they had the, the, the medium soda promotion. They can't even do fan That's appreciation so right. Yeah. They can't even do that right. There's something afoul about this organization. So here, here's, here now is the solution. Since you don't know how to find people, since you don't know how to identify first timers, how about you take one team's trash and turn it into your treasure? Uh -oh. Michael, if the New York Giants right now are not on the phone trying to figure out what it would take for Brian Flores to turn down every other interview and come back to New York. Get Brooklyn's Brian Flores in your right, building right. like yesterday. Forget okay. your long drawn out process because there is a coach right now on the market. Thanks to the Dolphins dysfunction who won 19 games in the last two years and they can say all they want in Miami about how he rubbed people the wrong way and he was, uh, he was tough to read they to. and how they you know it was uncomfortable and he said some things and blah 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 blah. 19 wins the last two years. Okay, back to back winning seasons. He's already more or less auditioned for the head coaching job in New York. So they need to be tripping over themselves to hire Brian Flores, a proven commodity versus some other first time coach who they're guessing on. Furthermore, Michael, I'm biased okay. and I know you are as well. There. There's a general there. manager. There's uh -oh, a general okay, that, manager. That's what I was just going to say. I was just going to say. Sitting on his couch or maybe skiing right now or riding a van uh -oh. or whatever it is that Thomas Dimitrov oh, is man. doing with his free time. Oh, wow. Thomas Dimitrov and Brian Flores are friend of the show, Thomas Dimitrov. Full transparency. Yeah. Full transparency. Full transparency. And, I, and, I, and I know just like Flores in Miami, Dimitrov didn't do everything right in, in Atlanta. He right. made his mistakes. Okay, but he's been an executive of the year and he's been to a Super Bowl. He knows what it looks like. He and Brian Flores know each other very well from New England. Work, okay, work together, right? Go get Thomas Dimitrov and Brian Flores. Re reunite them atop your organization. Now you don't have to worry about chemistry and will they get along? Will they see eye to eye? They both speak the same language. They're both available right now. They've both done it. They've got a resume that is not only references. They have a resume that includes results. And last but not least, icing on the cake, Michael Holly. Cause see, look, man, you know, the Joker once said, if you're good at something, never do it for free. I'm giving I'm giving okay. them free game right now. I'm you're giving them lot, millions of dollars of worth of free game right now. Giants, here's your it. free game. What's in it for you? You get Dimitrov as the G. I know, right? Satisfaction, I guess. You get maybe okay. I take a job in the organization. Who knows? Okay, you get Dimitrov as your general manager. You get Flores as your head coach. And oh, wait a second, we have a quarterback problem here in New York. Oh, as wait, well. I, I, I like this. I like this. I like this. Now, will he come though? Will 20, he come there? Twenty second timeout. Yes, twenty second timeout though. Some things go without saying, but I think it needs to be said anyway, just to make sure that there's no misunderstanding. The sexual assault allegations, both civilly right. and criminally, that Deshaun Watson is right. facing are very serious and deserve to be taken seriously. Okay? We will see how that plays out with the grand jury, how that plays out in civil court, how that plays out with the league. Having said that, focusing strictly on football, okay? 
you get Brian Flores in New York. Deshaun Watson wanted to go to Miami, not just because they had a good roster that was a quarterback away, not just because it was South Beach. He wanted to go play for Brian Flores. So now with one fell swoop, I could fix the New York Giants in one day. Hell, I just did it in one segment. Thomas Dimitrov is your general manager. Brian Flores is your head coach. Deshaun Watson would waive his no trade clause wow. to go and he play for the New York Giants. Yes, you say for the New York Giants of authority. That now you have answered your entire all the questions that organizations spend years trying to get Most right. Of them. You can you can figure it out right now. Right now. Okay. Hire like, Ryan Flores. I like, Everything I like else what falls you into place. You got they got they have the draft capital to yep. give to Houston to get him. Yeah, to get Deshaun I like what Watson. you're saying here. And we're I like done. what you're saying. They got what number problem solved? Uh, two first round picks. No, number five and number seven. Is that right? Uh, right now in the first round for the Giants. All right. Five and seven. I like five and seven. They have five, five and seven. seven. That's yes. us. Curtis, courtesy of <laughs> so, the Chicago Bears. Look, I like. Obviously, getting Deshaun Watson, he's already in the conversation. If you get him, he's already in conversation for best quarterback in the division. Sorry, Dak Prescott. I'll take Deshaun Watson over Dak Prescott. Well, that's a big statement. Uh, that's, a, that's a debate for another day. So you'd have a great quarterback already, instantly. You'd have a, a, an emerging, an ascending head coach. Hadn't figured it out yet, but Brooklyn going guy. in the right direction. I like it. Brooklyn, and Boston he, and he college knows, guy. He knows the market. Knows the market. Knows the Northeast. Yes. yes. And you got a general manager, not only executive of the year, but multiple executive of the year. Bold general manager has made some trades. Has traded for. Has drafted Hall of Fame talent uh, in his first couple of drafts, and, and Julio Jones and, and Matt Ryan. Okay, this is good. But also, here's here's the thing that you said, and you kind of you kind of skated by it. You said the Dolphins. That? Excuse me. The Giants said the Giants couldn't even do fan appreciation day right. You know why? Right. Because they don't appreciate their fans. Like, I remember um, asking uh, asking a friend of mine who really is good with people's names. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we'll meet you for the first time and we'll That's remember your name the next time. That's I, I, a I skill. Said, it's so flattering. How do you, it's so flattering. I said, how do you do that? How do you do that? He said, I think it has to matter to you. Mm-hmm. Simple. I was mm-hmm. like, "What? what? Like, mm-hmm. hey, give me some technique that you use." No, I think it has to matter to you. You know, I'll look mm-hmm. at, I'll look at something if, if something if they have their name there, or I'll remember something about them, something about where they're from, or something about mm-hmm. what what they said, and I'll just remember them. It has to matter to you. So the reason the Giants don't do fan appreciate appreciation day well, they didn't do it well because they don't appreciate their fans. They've been in a position. They're the old money franchise in New York. The Jets and little AFL thing goes way back. AFL. It was the Giants. The Giants said that's old money. So you're going to be there. You're going to be there if we suck. You're going to be there if we win. We're the Giants. And you're just going to have to like what we do. It's a trickle-down effect. We tell you how it's going to go, and you respond. It's just like what they did today. That's like a microcosm of how they think. They can control everybody. Hey, WFAN, no, 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 no. You're not streaming this. You're not going to broadcast this live. Reporters, you ask one question, no follow-up. We're not doing this. NFL Network, no, no, we're not running this. They think that they've got all the answers and everybody else is a stooge. So that's one, fan appreciation. They got to figure out how to connect with their fan base. And the other thing they need to do is have somebody, if you, if you do all these things that you, these great plans that you've laid out, 
you're going to have to tell yourself, be disciplined enough to step away. Step away, like be around, but don't be so involved. Don't be, don't hover. Don't mess up a good thing. Sometimes owners, because they spent a lot of money, they think that the payoff is, you know, they get a say or they should have a say in football operations. Or they should have a say in things that they're not really yeah. well versed, well versed in. Well, it's not, it's and not, but it's not, not a, just Mara and, and Tish. And the best organizations the not, don't do that. But it's not just Mara and Tish. It's the people that have always been connected to Mara and Tish that still permeate the organization in every department yeah. of the organization. You know what I mean? Get it's the, the presidents. The it's the business the people. It's the, it's the scouting yeah. department. The whole thing. Like they got to turn it. They got to just turn it over completely. So again, yeah. let Brian Flores. I, I appreciate an exhaustive process. And listen, we don't want to be hypocritical here because the whole point of the Rooney rule is to go through a process to arrive at the best uh, 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 candidate. So it's like, well, Michael, now you want to skip the process for the black guy. Yes, because the black guy just so happens to have back to back winning seasons on his resume. He is the most qualified candidate with all due respect to Jim Caldwell. He is the most qualified candidate that I could think of on the open market right now. That's gettable for the New York it, Giants. He, it, you it, saw it brings, what he can do already. Yeah. You don't have to guess. He, you, and you still get that New England culture shift that you were looking for in Joe Judge, except he's not a rookie coach. So you go get him, go get Dimitrov, let them transform the culture of your franchise. Let them bring in Deshaun Watson. Oh, by the way, he was a ball boy in Atlanta when Thomas Dimitrov was the general manager. Oh my goodness, it's amazing how all these things just fall into place. You're welcome. Thank well, me later, New York. Well, You're welcome. Hopefully I, I never have though, to buy a drink in that town again for fixing all your, your franchise's problems in one segment. But I would say, Mike, that you said let them transform. That's a, that's a big statement. Because you can have the right people. It's not like everybody who has worked there has been, has been uh, untalented. They've had some talented oh, people for sure. there. They definitely and, oh, I'm have. trying to think of some of them, <laughs> but but it, it's hard if you got people around you. If the infrastructure is broken, you can do all the great things and have all the great ideas. But if it's not able to get out, if it's not able to to really spread throughout the organization because you got all these toxic walls around you, then that can be yeah. very frustrating. So if, if I'm Brian yeah. Flores, if I'm Thomas Dimitrov under your plan, if I'm coming there, a couple things you have to tell me. One, there's just no way. Sorry, unless I do something that's like really, like really, really inappropriate. You know, you have you can't fire me after two years. I'm gonna put in my contract. Yeah. If you fire me yeah. after two years, yeah. I need like twelve percent ownership. Trouble. Okay. You yeah. Can, yeah. You're not. Yeah. You got to see this We need time. I need time to deal with your mess. You created it. So don't come in here and, and tell me. Well, listen, uh, it's not the results that we expect. I, I told you it wouldn't be the, res the results that you expect. Because it's too much, yeah. I gotta clean up. So Joe Judge did have even a even an unqualified person can tell you some truth, and he was truthful in some ways, saying how broken the organization is. It it didn't necessarily need to come from him in that fashion, in that forum, but there was some truth to what he was saying. Yeah. Listen, when when the only highlights of your tenure are sound bites about other teams or other people. Oh, what the Eagles just did is a disgrace to the integrity of the game. Hey, you're yeah. not going to see anybody 
throwing punches on our sideline. Guys are quitting like they were before. Free agents want to come no back clown. here. This ain't no I clown mean, show. Man, listen. Uh, that, but you got to pull the plug on that. It was that bad. But now to your point, you got to look in the mirror and say, well, wait a second. Why do we keep? It's like when you're in a bad, bad relationship after bad relationship. Why do I keep attracting bad people? <laughs> something yeah, about you. you. You're attracting something about you're doing it They're wrong. Coming to you. You're doing it wrong. Right. Hey, they got people out there that have done it. To recap, Dimitrov, Flores, and you get your Sean Watson. Telling you. Easy. Good plan. You just solved all your problems. Now you got to win. Win some games. Hey, Mike, what do you say we switch it up, man? We gotta, we've been so yeah. consumed with the NFL and college football and the NBA lately, man. We've been ignoring yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um, some great stories in sports um, and some sports entirely in some cases. And one is hockey. We don't talk enough about hockey. All hockey? right. Hockey. I don't, I don't know, know about, about hockey. hockey. But like, well, we know we know about hockey, man. Like you in Boston, you you practically yeah. cover the Boston Bruins. Come on, we know, man. We know hockey. Okay, we My had NBC Sports for crying out loud. Has come up. We know hockey. Has come up from a zero to like a four, four and a half. Michael, Five. the last time we talked about the Florida Panthers, man, we were talking about the fallout, the the tragic and unfortunate fallout from the sexual assault scandal with the Blackhawks and the resignation right. of their coach. Well, Joel the Quindle. Panthers yeah. right now. Are, are tied with the Lightning atop the NHL standings with 53 points. Um, mm-hmm. The Panthers, uh, as of right now, are 6 3 1 in their last 10 games. They won again against last night. They have the second best, I know you love point differential, second best goal differential in the no, NH- NHL no, you do. at 34. You love it. <laughs> uh, they won 6 of 7. Um, you know, their coach, Andrew Burnett, uh, Brunette, excuse me, Andrew Brunette. Uh, is coaching the Atlantic Division team in a 2022 All-Star game. It's, it's, it's great times in in Florida. Um, and I think yeah, last night it's, they it's beat great Vancouver, time of the game, man. Right? Right? I mean, it's, it's a, it's, we got to start it's, watching it's more hockey. Right. It's a place you want to be. So the yeah. Panthers won last night and Kodak Black won last night. And so everybody wins because today everybody's talking about the Florida Panthers. Now, um, this is great. Unless you've been under a rock, and by under a rock, I mean off the internet today, off social media. Uh, you've seen the video, so we're not going to show you the video. If you oh, haven't seen not? the video, because we're trying to show keep our video. gigs. Come on, we're trying man. to keep our gigs. We're trying to keep our, our. Okay, cool. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I Michael. If you were the president of NBC Sports, as you, yes. you know, hypothesize or, or as you, you know, had the hypothetical last segment, we would show it. Yeah. Okay, we would show it. But <laughs> yes, we would. You're not, <laughs> so we're not. Uh, we're gonna try not to get ourselves in trouble at home anyway. But yeah, there was some twerking going on up in the suite at guest right. of the Florida Panthers, Kodak Black. Um, I say it's a Next win-win for all parties involved. It's next, next to the executives, executives who, too. Who, right, who, who were like, who were probably like, yes, this is exactly what our sport needs. <laughs> okay, yeah. this is why you invite Kodak Black somewhere. And if you're Kodak Black, I don't know the relationship with the young lady, but this is why you take her out. 
See, some people will say this is why you can't take certain people nowhere. I say this is why you take that certain person <laughs> anywhere. That's a great. Okay. <laughs> that's a great tweet. Oh, it is. Well, I thought you were hey, laughing at my line. Game. I thought you were, I thought uh, you were oh, laughing at my line. Right. But but hey, I man, say this is why you take this woman anywhere because I because I wasn't appalled. I wasn't clutching my proverbial pearls. I was yeah. jealous, quite honestly, Michael, because it's been a while since I've been out here like that. It's been a while since I've been in these streets like that. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. my wife takes care of business behind closed doors. Okay, hey. but and that's none hey. of your business. But it's no, been no, a while no. since I don't Just know about you. It it's been a while since I've been twerked on. I ain't been twerked on in a minute in public. I have not received that level of public that public display of, of affection with somebody twerking on me in public. It's been a, it's been a long time, long time since I've yeah, had long, long, So long, I was long, looking, long, I was like, I remember long, long, them days. Long, long, long I remember ago. them days where you just didn't care. You know, and where y'all just, you know, like when last time you was, well, you was just wilding. We, we too old, we grown. We got too much man, to lose. That's not on brand come for on, us. Bro. We don't wild out like that. Remember you used to hey, wild man. out back in the day? No, let me tell you, Mike, Mike, I've been I've been old for a long time. I was probably like mm -hmm. when I was nineteen, I was probably thirty five. You know what I mean? Right, hey, I right, gotta go, yeah. gotta pay these bills, gotta get to work. Mm -hmm. Hey man, you're a teenager, relax. But I didn't, I didn't. I was I was always working, so I can't say I ever did it. I, you know, when my midlife crisis comes, and I'm gonna tell you right now, when you see me doing this, because I might, you know, he gave me some ideas. Kodak Black gave me some ideas when I go to a Bruins game, and I start doing that. Then you know what it's about. It's about a midlife crisis. So, because I missed out. Copycat I missed out back it's also in the, a copycat league. So all of them, all of them, <laughs> all right. So maybe that's a trend. He looked like he was having, he was having fun. And just for the record, living his he was best not, life. He was not. No, there was doing, no intercourse happening. At least I don't think yeah, there he was. Not doing. I'm, 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 I'm 99 sure they were not doing the damn thing. Um, they were close. They were close. Yeah, I mean, technically, they did get a room. Technically, I mean, it was a suite. People could that, yeah, but yeah. technically, get they did get a room. You know? a suite. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, said get saying. a room. I got a room. So right. you know, I didn't tell you. you know, to, I didn't tell you to put the cameras on me, did I? I mean, I, I, you I, see the NHL. They deleted the tweets uh, recognizing that Kodak Black was at the game after all this went down. Like, what you got to be ashamed of? This is a great moment in hockey history. The internet has been going nuts, as Paul Wall once said. This is a great moment in hockey history. I think Gary Bettman right now should be patting himself on the back. Hell, for all I know, Gary Bettman right now is somewhere getting twerked on in celebration of this Never. crossover pop culture moment that hockey experienced last did. night. Thanks to Kodak Black, who I know his name, but I have not listened to one of his tracks. I don't know about you. Not even I don't before, know nothing about Kodak. Not Black. even before today. Not even before today's show. You're like, hey, Kodak Black. I'm old. Who's oh, Kodak not for, Black? for research. No. Well, I mean, I, I've heard no, of him. Man. I knew he was a rapper, but I don't listen to his music. At least I don't think I listen to his music. But I mean, that's just because I'm old. That's just because I'm old. Still, come on, so, show prep. It, yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's just fun. It's just I'll fun ask Mason. I'll ask Mason about it. Oh, I'm not saying his music isn't good. It might be good for all I know. I'm just saying I've never listened no, to it. Say it was I good. Mason no, I didn't say it was good. Oh, okay. no, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me just, okay. Uh, let me okay. Just point that out. Okay. I, I didn't say it was good. But you know, this is where this is where hockey and, and some of the sports that are on the margins kind of overthink it. It's not just one thing that makes your sport popular. Usually. You, you're not going to make your sport popular in a boardroom. It's more organic than that. Sometimes the popularity comes in ways that you'd never imagine. Like back in the day, now this is when 
Let's see. Let me just do some quick math. You were probably like 14, 13, 14. So you were part of this trend too, um, where you know brothers were wearing hockey sweaters, jerseys. You know, and, and oh, starter yeah. jackets. I, I had a couple of them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, exactly. Okay, that, that was great. Yeah. And then you know the NHL had an NHL video game. Yes. So it was a great NHL video game. I used to work Theo Fleury, the Calgary Flames. Uh, uh, uh. Nice. So Blade, come on, Blades had, of, I'm a child of Blades of Steel. Thank you. Santa, uh, Mighty Ducks, yeah. San Jose Sharks, all these expansion teams at that time coming into the league. That helps with the popularity. Sometimes celebrities come to your games. We grew up Twerking. on Gretzky, man. Like, Twerking. and not to mention, it, but but here's the thing: all Will jokes increase. aside, yeah. I, I agree with you. But all jokes aside, there is hockey, and then there's attending a hockey game. Yep. Attending a hockey game, especially rinkside, will change your life. It will nothing, absolutely nothing like change it. your life. There is oh, I agree. nothing like it. And not, and then, needless to say, there's hockey and then there's playoff hockey. You know what I mean? That's a whole different animal in and of itself. That's a, that's a separate sport practically. Um, but honestly, Michael, like quick hockey story. Not only was it Blades of Steel for me, not only was it Gretzky back in the day, but as a kid, bro, I'm going to tell you, hockey had me hooked. Speaking of the Canucks, Rangers Canucks. Right before the, oh, the yeah. strike, ninety four was a strike or lockout. Yeah. Right before the work stop stoppage, bro, yeah. I was up all night, every night in New Orleans watching Messier and the Rangers in the curse. That is one of my formative hockey memories. Sure, that is one of my formative and sports memories. Is ending, is the Rangers ending the curse? And now for a new generation of hockey fan, Kodak Black getting twerked on is a formative hockey memory. So it all comes full circle. Because they should be they should be working on a promo now. This is what our game does to people. Our games are so br- exciting. Thank you. I, I mean, I, they, our ga- hey, they bring our out the best you in you. Our yeah, game oh, turns oh. you on like no there other it is, sport. There it is. Simple. Simple. Look at, simple. Look at that. Look at that. Our I'm, just, game, I'm solving problems well, you, today. First block, you saw, you saw the New York Giants, and that's a marketing campaign. NHL. Our game turns you on. Our game turns you right. on. Right. I like that. You want to get excited? You want to get excited? Come to a hockey game. This is great. Oni, you want to go Take to the game? Take advantage of this. Oni, you going to a game? You want to go to the game? That was very, that was very Will Ferrell of you. That was very Will Ferrell of you. The meatloaf! Mom! I never know what she's doing back there. Are you concerned at all about the workload that you put in so far today? No. Let me die out there. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, I'm not concerned. But whenever the coach uh, want to give me a day, then, you know, I'll support it. But I'm not looking for one. You get what I'm saying? So I'm going to just play until they tell me that I'm sitting up. You know? But that's not on my mind while I'm playing. That's not on my mind when I'm going into a game, preparing for a game. It is what it is. I got to play 40. I got to play so what? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to play, but if they tell me to sit out, I'm going to do the same thing. All right, we got a big game in the Eastern Conference tonight. Uh, We have Nets at Bulls, which means we have uh, Kyrie Irving playing for the Brooklyn Nets, and we're also expected to have James Harden playing. James Harden, of course, has, uh, has a knee injury that Force him to sit out the last Nets game against the Blazers, but they're expected to have Harden, I believe. Uh, so we got the top two teams in the Eastern Conference 
facing off tonight and help us uh, talk about that and more around the association the Caius Duncan from basketball news friend of the show is back. Um, we yeah. just heard from KD, which no surprise. Katie's a hooper. We, we, I hoop and do me. I think that's his mantra anyway, right? So Katie yeah. doesn't care how many minutes he plays. But what I do know, Nikias, is that the Bulls have already taken two from the Nets this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's regular season. Nets have guys in and out. They're practically two different teams with Kyrie playing on the road, yada, yada, yada. Um, for a regular season game in January, kind of rate the significance of tonight's game, especially from the Nets perspective, given how they struggled against good teams in general, Bulls in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that point is why it's more than a regular season game for Brooklyn. Like, I think overarching, like we know when healthy, the Nets are a contender. Like, that's not a question. But it does kind of get a little bit weird as you get deeper into the season. They just can't beat good teams outside of Cleveland, and they're good, but they're also young and just don't have the offensive firepower that Brooklyn does. So I, if I had to put a number on it, like maybe a five and a half, maybe a six, which is still kind of high for a regular season game for me. But the Nets have to prove at some point that they can knock off some of the elite talent in their conference and the league at large. All right, Nikias, you talk about uh, th- this game, and Michael asked you to look at it from a Nets perspective. How about from a Bulls perspective? I mean, this team, we thought they'd improve and Hey, maybe they make the playoffs. They'll be like, a, you know, five, six seed. They look like a really good contending Eastern Conference team. Do you think that they can sustain that and be a team that can actually win this conference? Uh, when the conference is where I'm like, I would like to see them add another wing, another forward, uh, someone to kind of fill in the role that they were expecting Pat, Patrick Williams to fill this season before he got hurt. Um, if they can solidify a move, then I'm comfortable saying that they have a solid chance. Right now, I think they're second-round team, uh, maybe in the Eastern Conference Finals if the bracket breaks, right? But even with that, that is far above the expectations that I have. I have taken a huge L on Chicago Bulls this season. Full disclosure, I remember over the offseason, just doing like a random Q&A on Twitter, someone asked me, like, what's the, what's your ceiling for the Bulls team right now? And I was like, uh, probably sixth for me. And I immediately got flamed by Bulls fans. And my thing was, I just don't believe in his defense. Like, I know the offensive fit makes sense, but I don't know how they're going to defend. And their defense has been better than their offense for most of the year. So I've been wildly impressed with what DeMar DeRozan has done, what Zach Levine has continued to build upon. I think this is kind of house money for them. They beat the Nets twice already. Like, this is the first time they're going to see them with the full assortment. So we'll see what that looks like. But the shot creation is there. The defense is there. It's more so about just continue to have that that level of confidence. And again, if they can make one more move, then I'm feeling better about it. You know, when they got, uh, I want to ask you about DeRozan. When they got DeRozan, it was almost like Basketball America gave like a shrug. Oh, you know, that's that's nice. That's cute. You got DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> no, but it's much, is he the guy who surprised you the most on the Bulls? And, and if not, like who has been that guy where you're like, whoa, I didn't know he had that. Um, I think it is DeMar for me. Like, what he's done as a shot creator throughout his career is well-known, or it should be at this point. Um, the passing improvements that he's made has been probably a little understated just because he did so um, in San Antonio, and they were a low-end playoff team, and then they weren't one. So if you just didn't have your league pass on, if you don't live in Texas, then you just weren't seeing the kind of creation duties that he had there. But it's been fun to watch him put it all together. 
Um, this Bulls team fits him. He has more spacing around him. He has a guy in Zach Levine and in Nikola Vucevic that can you could run the offense through them for a few possessions. More than that, obviously, but you can run the offense through them, and he can unlock some of his game as a cutter, and that's something that we haven't really seen since the early Toronto days. And so the biggest surprise, at least early in the season, the defense from him. He's not elite at all. But with the Bulls playing as aggressively as they do, they do need him on that back line to rotate in early when they send two to the ball. Just be a presence and give their guys time to recover and then scramble back out to the front to contest shots. Very simple job for him. He's been able to do that. And so as long as he isn't a super negative on the defensive end combined with what he brings offensively, this is why he's, you know, this is why he's the fringe MVP candidate that he is right now. Okay, uh, that, that, no need to ask you about that because you already answered it. That's why you're so good at this. You answered a question before I could ask the, <laughs> about the, about those three letters. All right, so let's let's pivot. Let's go to um, a, another game tonight. Uh, Lakers uh, at Kings. Now, I mean, the Lakers 500 team, right around 500. You know, they go from this five game uh, losing streak uh, to winning five out of six. Uh, they take the L against John Morant and the Grizzlies the other night. And we'll get to that in a second. But now. <laughs> If I count correctly, we're looking at something like nine out of twelve on the road. They got a they got a pretty they're gonna be on the road a lot these next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, my count might be wrong, but they got a. It could get hard. It could, it could potentially get ugly for them. Um, mm-hmm. LeBron's look great at center. What? How are you watching the Lakers? And the reason I bring up LeBron, Nikai, is is I'm not even watching the Lakers through the lens, and I know this is blasphemous in LA. I'm not even watching it. I'm not looking at the Lakers through the lens of championship contender or can LeBron mm-hmm. get back to the finals? You know, can they figure it out? They are who they are as far as I'm concerned. Even when Anthony Davis comes back, I think they're fatally flawed. I'm looking at LeBron just through the prism of like, damn, now dude's balling at center. Now he's playing small ball <laughs> center right now. You know, he got the same numbers at 37 that he had at 27. So I just wonder, what are you looking at when you watch the Lakers these days? What are you seeing? What's standing out to you? Um, it is a LeBron thing. I recently wrote a piece at Basketball News detailing what LeBron at centers look like. His per 36 numbers are something like 35, 10, and 6 um, when he's on the floor without a center, which is, I, I don't have to tell you how absurd that is. And the shooting splits yeah. are even better. But like that, that's been the fun for me, just watching him fill whatever hole that they need. Um, it's kind of an indictment on the rest of the roster because in theory, when you have Anthony Davis currently out and you have Russell Westbrook, the entire point of surrounding LeBron with those guys is so he wouldn't have to do everything. And now it's just like, okay, I'm going to run the offense. I'm also going to be this weak side rim protector. Sometimes I'm going to be the primary rim protector because we just can't trust any of our bigs to play. And it's been incredible to watch. For him to be tasked with this is ridiculous, but the fact that he's pulling it off, it just speaks to the level of greatness that he has. Yeah, and, and, that, and, and that, those role games I was talking about, sorry, real quick, it's 11 of the next 15. Yep. 11 mm. of the next 15 Lakers games on a roll. So, I mean, record-wise, I mean, even though they figure something out with LeBron at the five, uh, it, it, it could be ugly for the Lakers. Sorry, Michael, you about to ask? No, I was going to ask if, if, if Nikai is, I love your, your, the way you uh, phrase it, Mike, when you talk about the Lakers and how, you know, really look at them through the prism of championship team, fatally flawed. I wonder if Nikai agrees with your, assessment of the Lakers. Do you, that do you premise? Think that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that they're not really a championship team and that even with Anthony, when Anthony Davis returns, they just got too many parts that don't fit. Uh, I think I'm out right now as far as title contention. Um, Anthony Davis's presence could change that. Like heading into the year, my finals pick was Bucks Lakers. 
And so I've been kind of holding that. All right, it's going to look ugly in the beginning, but you know they're going to figure out some things with Russ. We're going to see what AD looks like, and we just got later and later into the season. It's like, no, this isn't getting better. And now we're at the LeBron at center point of the season. So I can't really get there with them as far as them in title contention. Golden State has been ridiculous. Phoenix remains ridiculous. Please keep an eye on Utah, though they do. They they also need a move defensively just to make you feel a little bit more comfortable when it gets small. I yeah, I can't get there with Lakers as a title contender right now. The only team you didn't mention there, maybe it was intentionally, maybe you just, you know, happened to omit them just because you were rattling off teams, is Memphis. Ten in a row. Uh, another MVP candidate in John Morant. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and their their recent run is not like just taking advantage of a favorable schedule. They're beating really good teams uh, as they climb the charts. I think they're three and a half games uh, at the moment out of first place, out of, uh, behind the Suns in the Western Conference. I considered... Memphis a contender and I think Michael agreed with me. We considered Memphis a contender before last night and we may have been late to the train. So last mm-hmm. night they beat the Warriors albeit without Draymond Green, but hell they were winning without John Moran. <laughs> Everybody without somebody nowadays, right? That's mm-hmm. the world we live in. So right. no asterisk right. there. They beat the Warriors last night. Would you put Memphis in the contender category the way in the Western Conference the way that Michael and I would? Um, I think it's fair to put them there honestly. Uh, you, uh, you made the point about it's not like they were taking advantage of a poor um, schedule. Um, that was the case at least a little bit early in their run. I think it's now, shout out to my co-host uh, at the Dunker Spot, Steve Jones Jr. I think they've won 20 of their last 24, if I have that right. Um, early on in the season, their defense was awful. And then they kind of course corrected as they faced a bunch of bad offenses. But now they just have their rhythm defensively. They're the defensive team that we saw last year. And now you add that to what John Morant is doing offensively. Jaron Jackson Jr. being healthy and taking the leap as a creator. Desmond Bain has been lighting the world on fire as a movement shooter, as a secondary ball handler. So they have that three-headed monster offense. Tyus Jones. <laughs> Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. Float, floater game, Tyus Jones. Like, they just get it from everywhere now. They have the depth. They have the star power. They have the secondary pieces. They have the coaching. Taylor Jenkins is really freaking good as a coach. And we saw that last year. He's further put a stamp on this team this year in the midst of early injuries. I, I'm i not mad at putting them there. I wouldn't have them in the, the Golden State Phoenix tier, but, like, I'm not mad at having them there. No? Okay. Uh, in the past week and a half alone, They've beaten the Nets, Cavs, Clippers, Lakers, and Warriors. Uh, and they've won 12 of their last 15. Um, they, wow. they're, they're, they're just, more than anything, they're fun. Yeah, like, I mean, you fun. just, exactly. side note, they're fun I mean, if, yeah, right, I, I want to see them go deep just because I want to see more of them. Man, last night, it was a great family moment, actually. Like, by the end of the night, all of us were on my bed. So, I'm right, I'm here. Let I me mean, see, my wife's here. I'm here. The dog's over there. Savannah's at my feet. Maya's next to me. Mason's next to the dog. We all watching Grizzlies Warriors on NBA TV. And it's just they, they they are the they, they might be John Moran and the Grizzlies might be the most must see team right now in a, in, a, in a league yeah, full I, of star studded teams. You, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta stop what you're doing to watch the Grizzlies these days. I would agree. Like every game, there is a ridiculous John Morant finish. If yeah. if you're not tuning in for anything else, just look at what that dude does when he gets to the rim. He's insane. Well, uh, that's the last thing. We're talking about the Grizzlies. I agree with everything uh, that we've just said about the Grizzlies, and, and they're a lot of fun to watch. But they did beat a team last night that had Clay Thompson in his second game back. And I know it was a great moment. First game, 17 points, 20 minutes. Last night, you know, 
some a sh- little shakier, a little rustier at times. Uh, what, what's your vision for the Warriors as, as they reincorporate Klay Thompson into the rotation? Um, one is just getting them comfortable. It's good to see them out there. Um, as far as like the nuts and bolts of it, I'm curious to see how Steve Kerr um, reconfigures the lineups because they did have a great flow there before Clay got in. And like he's, you don't say he's disrupting things. He's Clay freaking Thompson. But I want to see where they use him. Um, something I've kind of been simmering on. This is something I've talked to a few people about. Like I wonder if Clay at the four is going to become more of a thing. Like does he soak up the Andre Iguodala minutes? since he's been before if the shot isn't falling or if he just isn't where he needs to be defensively. Um, I would like to see, like, what they close out a game with Steph and Jordan Poole and, Andre, and Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. That's plenty of spacing. Like, straight Clay, even before the injuries, really good perimeter defender, but he's always been one of the stronger wings in the league. So I think now as the lead is modernized a little bit more, he can hold his own at four in certain lineups. So, like, I want to see – that's probably going to be the thing of keying in on. Like, where are they going to use Clay, and how are they going to fit the lineups around him as he gets more comfortable? All right, brother. We appreciate you. Nikias Duncan, basketball news. Appreciate the knowledge, brother. A nice T-shirt. Like, uh, we appreciate it. I mean, like, let them, let them see what's up. You got got the memo. You got the, there you go. A little KG Slam Magazine throwback. There you go. You got the memo. (laughs) Fitting right in every time. Appreciate you, man. Make sure you follow my man. Read his uh, incredible work over at Basketball News. Thanks, bro. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. All right. We don't ever take him for granted in Denver. You know, um, I, I think he is one of the more um, disrespected reigning MVPs that I can think of in terms of the uh, the attention that he gets. You know, but if you open up the dictionary home and you look up the word consistency, there's going to be a picture of Nicola there. Yeah, Mike Smith. You know what? Uh, from one Michael to another Michael, I feel you. To another Michael? Uh, <laughs> to another Michael, I feel you. Yes, I, I think disrespected reigning MVPs. Now, I can understand why his You can take off the reigning. You can take off the reigning. He was yeah. disrespected last year. He was disrespected he as MVP. Yeah, he was. Oh, you know what? He was. He really yeah. was. Oh, it and wasn't like he was given his true respect last year as MVPs go. He's disrespected. I can understand why the head coach of the Denver Nuggets feels that way, that his best player, the MVP of the league, is being disrespected. But I don't think it's dis- it's not personal. Let's say it that way. And no one likes okay. to hear that. When you feel like you feel some kind of way and somebody says, hey, it's not personal. You're like, well, the hell it isn't. Well, I, yeah, I, it I'm is a personal. person. It's my feelings. Yeah, right. I'm not supposed to take it. I'm doing it personally. What? It's talking what, about what me, do you right? Mean it's not personal. But <laughs> That's this the is definition a, of personal. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is very simple. Save that water bottle. Uh, the problem is very simple, and it, it goes way back. It goes back before Jokic. It goes back maybe twenty or th- like the last twenty or twenty-five years. There, the MVP has become a lot of things. It has become sometimes. Uh, the best player on the best team. It has become milestone that we haven't seen in a while. See Russell Westbrook. So that's cool. We haven't seen that in a while, but if you repeat that, it's no, we'll shrug at it. It's not a big deal. So Russell Westbrook, first time he gets a triple double, first guy since Oscar, everybody celebrates him. He's got to be the MVP. But then after that, 
Russell Westbrook averaged another triple-double and another triple-double. And he really wasn't an MVP, a serious MVP conversation. LeBron, I always use the LeBron James example. No matter what he did after the decision, I don't care what kind of season he had, he could average 50. He wouldn't go win the MVP. People were mad at him. Writers were mad at him. Now, that seems crazy now. We're, we're a decade past it. What do you mean you're mad at him? Is he, 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 a free agent decided to go somewhere else. But no, no, no. We've come, we've come so far. We've come, we, we've come, no, we've come quite far. a long way in the last decade. So, yes. No matter what he did, he wasn't going to win it. But I will yeah. tell you, if you go back, now the numbers weren't necessarily better in Miami. Some numbers were better. That first year in Miami were better than they were his last year in Cleveland when he was MVP. But they were very similar, and he was out of the MVP mix. Yeah. So that's what's happening I'll, right I'll now with Jokic. Jokic, yeah. he, he, he achieved it. It was his time last year. It was his time. And so he won it. And it's stunning, Mike. If you look at his numbers this year, they're better. He's averaging more rebounds this year. He's averaging more points this year. I mean, his his uh, field goal well, percentage no, is, no, well, is similar. Point of order. Um, he's averaged, he averaged 26.4 points a game last year. He's averaging 25.7 this year. All right, but similar. your rebound right, similar. point. But the rebounds but rebound, are way up. 14 to 10. Yeah. Assists are I mean, down ever so slightly. Um, but, but still giving you seven. Blocks right? are seven assists block, per game. Blocks are, yeah, still giving you seven assists a game. Blocks are up. But that's just the counting stats. Michael, I mean, we know... They don't have a, a, from one Michael to one Michael to another Michael to another Michael. They don't have Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, um, right. You know they don't have Jamal Murray. Um, they're twenty and nineteen. They're in the playing territory. They're six in the Western Conference. But I'll give the ball yeah. right back to you. This is the most mind blowing assist. This, counting counting stats don't do it justice. Okay, this is the most mind blowing. I said mind blowing assist. Mind blowing statistic that I read about Nikola Jokic today. Okay. The Nuggets are outscoring opponents by 8.8 points per 100 possessions with Jokic on the floor. They're being outscored by 14.1 points per 100 possessions when he's not on the floor. That is a 22.9 point swing and that is the largest among any player who has played at least 150 minutes. You were saying. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, that, that, that's... The numbers, the numbers suggest, and the, and the advanced numbers suggest that he is he is pretty much the Denver Nuggets. He's a franchise. We all know that. All players and, in touches per game. He leads all players in touches per game. And you know, Mike, I, I guess really what what this comes down to, and I don't really want to. I'm not really trying to jump on MVP voters. They, they got a, they got a hard job. Uh, everybody's looking at them. Now we just happen to be looking at them. As basketball, we're just, we're just basketball fans. We're basketball fans uh, who have covered the sport at different times, uh, just from a from an objective journalistic standpoint. So we don't really have any stake in it. We just uh, we're observers. But some of these voters, and Mark Spears has brought this up before. Some of these voters get hard get a hard time because if they don't vote for certain guys, and certain guys have incentives, and uh, you know it can be a little tricky here. I'm not even getting into all that. I'm just saying from a from a basketball standpoint, this is difficult and I wish the award 
I wish the award hadn't hadn't morphed into this. It's morphed into a well, where are we? Well, whose turn is it? Or what are we looking for? It's been that. I don't morphed. When did it morph I, into that? I feel like it's been that. Because I, I mean, this, this Michael ain't yeah, nothing new under the sun. We've been having the same conversation since Jordan. Seems a little more since pronounced. Shaq. It seems a little more pronounced. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But since Jordan and Shaq, when they had and LeBron, when they had a right to that award practically every year, there was always the conversation about, oh, it's it's more about narrative than it is about who's actually the most valuable, which is why there's been an argument for moving it to after the postseason, but it's a regular season award because once somebody gets knocked out in the first round or they fall short in the postseason, then you start to reassess whether they should have gotten the first place. It's a headache. Uh, for whatever it's worth, basketball reference, their MVP tracker uh, has uh, Giannis first, Jokic second. Um, if, okay, may good. I? If you don't mind, can I sneak in a LeBron take that I may or may not re- yeah. come to regret? I don't know. Ooh, because this is what we're good. talking I, I about. I like that. I like that. Oh, let me set up here. Well, let me set up for this. Well, because because when it let me load up my guns. No, because when it comes to yeah. LeBron, I, I feel like if I may say so, I kind of dropped the mic on it. I kind and by drop the mic, I mean I found a, a place of peace when it comes to LeBron goat conversations. Um, when I, I think this was, I don't know when this was, it was early in the show. It was early in the when show. When I said for early. me, it's, it's LeBron versus Jordan is Stevie Wonder versus Prince. I personally prefer Prince. You're a Stevie Wonder guy. I think it's a matter of preference now with LeBron versus Jordan. I think it does, does a disservice can I, can to them both. 20 seconds. Can I get 20 seconds time out though? 20 seconds. Be my, guess. Time out. Be my guess. Only 20 yes, seconds. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, sure. I mean, you see, like, do you really? I mean, or is that prefer Prince? theoretical or you're saying you really prefer Prince over Stevie? Wonder? I mean, you do. Yeah, but I mean, I but that doesn't that. mean oh, I don't I, love Stevie Wonder. Yeah, you knew that. But you're a Stevie guy. You're, but the point, the moral and, of the and, story is there is no I wrong answer. There, I love there, Prince there is no, I love I Prince. know, but you love Stevie a little bit more. The moral of the story is there is no wrong answer, but if you know me, if you've ever listened to Michael Smith, you know, that I will go to my grave saying that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, but I will not still judge you still, but I will not judge you. If you say LeBron LeBron is, is it's it's he's transcended that 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 debate that debate is old and it's tired. So that's why I settled on Prince versus Stevie wonder and I think a lot of people got where I was coming from having said all that. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Is it possible? I'm about to split hairs like a mug right now. I'm about to split hairs. Okay, here okay? we go. Here we go. Here it is. Is here it, it is. possible to be the best basketball player ever and not the GOAT? Ooh! Oh, I got another one. Oh, I, I got it. I got it. This is so old. Uh, God, this is so old. This is so old. I, you know what? I said I got it. Eureka, I guarantee you, plenty of people have said this. I'm not going to flatter myself by thinking I came up okay. with an, an original take here. Right. I think other All people right. have said it. It might be. But I, but I got I'll it. You know. I got it. Let's see if it rings familiar. I got right, it. Because we were talking about MVP with Jokic a moment ago. We were talking about people being taken for granted. You can say the same thing about Tom Brady, who could be the MVP every year. You can say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. LeBron is Le- LeBron is Rodgers. Jordan is Brady. Okay? As in, and here's what I mean by that. Okay? Okay. You know how I'm not saying verbatim. Don't hold me to this. Don't I'm not saying they're exactly the same. Okay. I'm saying right. okay. Brady's the goat. Jordan's the goat. But people like me believe that nobody has ever played the position 
better than Aaron Rodgers, which is, you know, contradictory to say, well, if that's the case, he's a GOAT, right? A no, little bit. It's, it's, a little it's, bit. It's, it's, right, it's confusing, but I, it makes sense to people and like that. Yeah. Make it, make it clear. Okay. Make, it, make it plain, minister. Yeah. Make it plain. Make, make it plain. <laughs> LeBron, <laughs> he's not the GOAT. But if you're talking about the best player person ever played basketball, the dude's playing center now. I know he's not playing traditional Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Hakeem yeah. Olajuwon, old school center. My guy is playing center now and killing it. Michael, since Anthony Davis went down, okay? So this is 11 games, okay? In 36 minutes at age 37, okay? He's averaging 34 points, nine and a half rebounds, and six assists. At one point, the Lakers were averaging 127 points a game with him playing center. Okay? Right. I read this today. This is year 19. At age 27, 10 years ago, LeBron averaged 27 points, eight rebounds, six assists, 53% from the field, 36% from three. They went this year. year. <laughs> I don't remember, but that's not the point. This year, okay, I know, 29 I know. points, 29 points, seven rebounds, 6.6 assists, 53% from the field. Michael, yeah. his player efficiency rating this year. Hold on. Let's see, make sure I get this right. 27.5. His career player efficiency rating is 27.4, which is, of course, second all-time to Michael Jordan's 27.9. Yeah. We have seen him reinvent himself year after year. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? See? Oh, wow. It's not come just, I knew it wasn't original. There's I knew it wasn't original. I knew it wasn't original. Like, but yeah, hey, I knew it wasn't like, original. Why, why, I figured somebody why, had, why, I figured somebody had said that already, like Michael so. Smith. Can't why get excited. Like why, can't, why, couldn't, why couldn't they let me cook? They just went and searched yeah, it. Because like, they don't want to let me be hey, great. You know, they don't want to let me be great. Yeah, come on. That's fine. Come on, but like, I, I will always have like, Prince versus Stevie Wonder. I was first I was wait, first on Prince versus Stevie Wonder. I had that though. But it, but it's but it feels but again, it must I guess great minds, or maybe it must I, I said it because it feels right, because it's so obvious. I just, Regardless. LeBron to be obvious. reinvent to be reinventing himself again this year. As a center, that's why I said earlier, I'm not watching the Lakers through the lens of will he win another championship. I'm just appreciating this while I still can. And I'm talking about this man and giving him his flowers while I still can and not doing it and not cheating myself out of the joy of watching LeBron James find new and and, and creative ways of being great by reducing it to a Michael Jordan debate. That wasn't the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is that at age 37 and year 19. Good. Dude is just as consistent and putting up the same numbers as he did at age 27. That's just stupid. That's a that's, that's all I have to say. Right. That, that, that really is. And, and there, there's been no drop off. All right. So let me just tell you, can I answer your question? Um, can you be can you be the uh, can you be the so, greatest yeah, so, basketball so that's my player? question. Can you be the greatest basketball player, but not the goat? Because it's like when you yes. think of a basketball player, like he is a created player. You cannot create a better player in 2K than we did than than God did when he came up with LeBron James. He he was built in the lab. All right, you can do that, but then you may have to, to, for that to work, you're going to have to accept some things that kind of change the conversation. 
So what makes somebody the GOAT, you have to go off the court a little bit. What makes Michael Jordan the GOAT is some a, a lot of on-court stuff and a lot of off-court stuff. You know, Nike, the, the explosion of Nike, the way people looked. I, were people trying to look like Le, like 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 LeBron James? People were trying to look. I don't. That ain't even like it for Michael me. Jordan. That's not even but, it but, for me. So, though, but that's the only way, that's the only way it works. That's the only that's way it intangible. works. Because otherwise, other well, otherwise it, it doesn't work. Because I don't buy like LeBron Jordan. I can make that argument. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I really can't make it. I can't see Aaron Rodgers playing the position better than anybody's played it yet. Tom Brady has all the numbers and all of the championships. Yeah. As I once said, he, he, he united the belts. See, you know how so, in boxing, so, they got all these different champions yeah. with different belts. Like, like you, Brady's united That's a harder belts. one. Right, I get what you, I get it. I get it. Brady, Brady, Brady Rogers is a harder argument to make. For, 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 it's, it's harder to sell me on that one. LeBron, you can sell me on LeBron Jordan. But you must bring in the cultural impact of Michael Jordan. Now, I, I gotta tell you, now, listen, let, let me tell you. Uh, okay, we, I we get talk it. about everything. Kali, hey, hey, I get it. Fine. <laughs> Give me I another one. I get it. Roll them in. I mean, tag damn. board. Give me more tag. Give me more Every- tag board. That's an inside joke. Sorry. More tag everything, board. Everything I say. Roll them in. I spend two hours a day, every day, coming up with interesting new things to say and y'all about to rub it in my face no, and no. this is old fine. I want more. Fine. I need another fine. I need a, another Aaron not, no. So that's what so so we need that. LeBron y'all can find that like 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 that. Well, we can find tweets to make Michael look okay, got it. Noted. Okay. <laughs> no. They just searching Twitter now trying to find all the takes they can find. Got it. I got it. Got to be somebody. Wasn't else. new. It was Captain Obvious. <laughs> hey, I love it. There's got to be another one. One more left, but but Mike Jordan. I you know I, when I say we talk about everything. All right, so we we talked about uh, you know some of the stuff we talked about privately. We bring it we bring it public too, so we know. Uh, unfortunately, there's still uh, in, in our community. Uh, there's still like a light skin, dark skin thing. Now, hold the music on for a second. This is, you, can't, uh, you can't go to the musical now. Oh, wait, wait, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so no, there's there's still like a light skin, dark skin thing sometimes, and you've you've experienced it, and I've experienced it from different perspectives. Obviously, Michael Jordan was such a um, he was such a presence. He was such a presence to young, dark skin African American. Oh, you said that before. You boy. said that before. Yeah, well, really I mean, it wasn't a pitch. Well, yeah, pitchmen didn't he, look like him. He really dark was. Black he really dude. was. Yeah, dark, and, yeah, and just skin, like the fact that he was, yeah. he he was at one point he was seen as not just a great baller, but then he was desirable. Like he was a model, and and everybody was following, like wanting to be like Mike. We hadn't seen that. No, it, it no wasn't question. overwhelming. No so that no was so that was a, when I say cultural impact, it was that. It was the shorts. It was the shoes. It was he made going oh, bald cool. Thank you very much. Everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that I got is you. if you bring that in, yes, go. I do, but I don't. But I don't. Let's go to break. We got. But if you don't bring that in, I, I don't. Can't do both. I don't like to bring that in. I don't like to bring you that in because I just think that that okay, muddies the LeBron, waters too much. Because then, then people then bring then in LeBron and thing. his activism, but they bring in LeBron's activism and LeBron's you know voice and how he's used it differently. 
and his platform, how he's used it differently than Jordan. I don't think that's fair. So no, I, I like to keep it on the court. All right, that was funny. The though. They found they found them tweets. They found them receipts. Uh, Michael, that's been taken. We got some more. <laughs> I'm gonna find some more. I'm gonna find some. <laughs> You know, I would assume as a group you understand that, you know, we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. We're the, out of 14 teams I think are in, we're probably number 14. Um, we're a double-digit underdog in the playoffs. So let's just go play and have fun and see what happens. I mean, we're probably 20-point underdogs, and we're going to the number one, te- the number one team that's – I know they're not the number one team, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years, um, arguably the best team in football. Um, we don't have a chance. So let's just go in and play and have fun. Listen, he's not wrong. Why are you laughing, Michael? Why, why, uh, oh, no. why are you laughing no, at Ben? Not, I like it because the number is going to keep going up. You know, 20-point dogs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, they, they favored by like four touchdowns. It's gonna keep, I like the exaggeration. I like how it keeps going up. Keep oh, yeah. Well, but, but, but this is the thing. It's unfamiliar territory for, for the Steelers. You're talking about... You know, title town and, and, and our boy Willie Cologne, who started his career in Pittsburgh, blocked for Ben Roethlisberger uh, for a number of years. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're in title town or you're in Pittsburgh and the standard is the standard, which is championships, and yet it comes down to the end of the last game of the season to get into the playoffs when Heinz Field has already said goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger. This is his swan song. Mike Tomlin fell asleep during the game for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> This is unfamiliar territory to be an underdog. So I imagine this is the best thing that could happen for Pittsburgh is to go into this embracing that underdog, right, Willie? That underdog role. Well, I got to correct you. They've been, they was back here in 2005 where they were six seed and they had to go to Denver and they there beat Denver and made the run and they actually went to the Super Bowl. So yep. this, isn't, this isn't unfamiliar territory and that's why you hear the sarcasm of Ben's voice because he's been here. He's had to at some point put the put the town on his back with a very good defense in which he has right now um, and, and really make hay. And to his point, it is what it is. The numbers, the lines, everything's going to – the naysayers are going what they say. But when you roll the ball out there on Sunday and it's another man against another man, you got to chalk it up. You know, you, it's, it's, it's will over one. And so that will be decided on Sunday. But, uh, but let me – just correction, correct myself. Not, not unfamiliar territory in terms of being a wild card – or taking a long road. I mean, unfamiliar territory in terms of playing with house money. Like, I mean, look, I'm not in Pittsburgh. You're closer to it than I am. I guess what I'm saying is in Pittsburgh, there's the expectations that you're competing for a championship. Nobody expects this Steelers team to compete for a championship. So it feels like it's just, it's all gravy. Like they just, they got extra time with Ben. One more playoff opportunity with Ben with no preseason or even regular season expectation that they're actually contend. That's more what I was talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you from that aspect, but I think the standard, to your point, is a standard. Anytime you put on a black and gold helmet, um, mm-hmm. the standard is you, you're competing for a Super Bowl. We don't celebrate division wins. They don't celebrate playoff wins. They celebrate Super Bowls. So no matter how gotcha. you get there, if you got a spot at the table, it's your spot. Now, what you do with it is, is up to you. And I think right now their mindset is nobody's giving them a shot. Everybody's already counting them out. Everybody's kind of seeing this as a kind of an encore game for big, big men. But I think he's—I he, know Ben and having played alongside him and, and many others. You know they're going to win. They understand that. Listen, in Week 16 they went to Kansas City. They got the dog walked on them, and it wasn't a pretty sight. They lost 36 to 10, and they lost in, in, in a bad fashion. So that's stewing in the back of their minds, and 
I think if you if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have nothing to lose, honestly, because if if the yeah. Raiders and Chargers decided for you not to be here, they would have done so. Uh, but that didn't That's happen. So obviously, so obviously, God is a Steelers fan, and they got another shot. They got nothing to lose. All right, exactly. Willie. Yeah, they, they, I know they got nothing to lose. You tell me though. Uh, going into this game, can can you make a case? For them winning, like you, you, you step back. I, I understand how they feel in the locker room, but for you looking at it as an analyst, can you see a path to Pittsburgh? You know, going into Kansas City and, and knocking off Kansas City. And yeah, it's so gonna, high. right. They, they, they're going to have to be extremely efficient in the run game. They're going to have to let Najee Harris go wild. Um, big Ben is going to be big. Big Ben. He's going to make the plays he needs to in, in crucial moments. But I think the key is going to be able to keep. Can they keep Patrick Mahomes on the bench? Can they keep, sustain long drives? Can they be able to keep the ball clean without giving turnovers? And can they just really try to be the most physical team on, the, on on Sunday? If they're able to do that, yeah, I think they got a shot. But if you let Patrick Mahomes do what Patrick Mahomes do. It's, it's going to get away from him. So, you know, right now, I think there's a lot of pride in that locker room. I know how Mike T is preparing these guys for this week. He's already telling them, if, if, you, if you don't bring your hard hat and you don't go with, with blood in your mouth and have that bloodlust mentality, you don't get dragged out the stadium. So I, I know these guys are going to be fired up. The Big Ben is already at the mindset. Listen, I'm here for a reason. I was ready, you know, I was already, the bags were packed, the locker room was clinked out, but I'm here for a reason, so I'm going to make the best of it. Hmm. And I know what that relationship and how, how close you've been with Ben over the years. Uh, you know, one of the hands that took care of him, as Dan Marino used to say, take care of the hands and take care of you. Um, what was uh, what was it like watching Heinz Field uh, salute him one last time and, and, and that emotional scene uh, with Ben and his kids and, and just the, almost like the perfect walk off. I remember last year when he was sitting on, his, on the bench after that crazy game against Cleveland in the playoffs. It's like he couldn't go out like that. And some people thought he shouldn't come back for another year. I was so happy to see him come back and get that kind of send off, the proper send off. Man, you, you know, Mike, it's, it's tough, man, because I, I remember I was laying in bed and I was and I was texting with him. Uh, I, actually, he was playing, and I still text him. Um, and I said, "Man, I'm a loss for words, but I'm so proud of the man you are now and what you've been able to accomplish. And you're a family man, and you're seeing it in a totally different light. And I'm glad that this, you know, Hinesfield and the fans were so receptive." to him and had a great appreciation for what he did uh, for that organization. For 18 years, the man has been nothing but a battle horse, fought through injuries, um, did everything he's can, he can on the football field to give the Pittsburgh Steelers a shot at a title. Um, he's been through at least three or four generations of, of different locker rooms. You know, he said goodbye to some of the greatest football players that ever played a game, and yet he's still standing. So to see him emotional, hugging his family, High five in the crowd, kind of just taking it all in. Um, it meant something to me because I, I walked that field and I, and I knew how I felt when I had to when I had to finally say goodbye to the game and how emotional I was and how bitter I was at times too. And you go through so many, you go through an array of emotions that even with everything going on right now, I necessarily don't think he's he's, he's adjusted to it. I think it's going to take a couple of months. You know, when around July, when he's at the swimming pool and the grass is freshly cut, and you, you know, every ball player has that that body clock. Like I should be getting ready for camp, and then he realized, like, mm. oh, I'm retired, and so that is it's still a lot to come with that. But right now, listen, he, he got the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, so I, I'm pretty sure retirement is on the back of his mind. But I think the hardest part for him is really trying to subdue those emotions, and that's the hardest I think is for him right now. Hey, real quick, I, I do want to just follow up on something you just said, just on a personal level, man, because I've known you for a long time. 
Um, yes, sir. And, and you transitioned, you know, for outside looking in, you transitioned wonderfully from finishing your career with the Jets a few years back to your work in broadcasting. Um, you said, you know, there was some bitterness when it yeah. was over for you. What, what, what'd you, what do you, what did you mean by that? What was, what was bitter about your end in particular? Well, Mike, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily ready to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? In my mind, I wanted to play to, you know, obviously I couldn't play it and, and that's what happened, but I, I still felt I, I had, I had attained enough information about the game. I knew who I was as a ball player. I still had a lot of hunger and fight. I look forward to training in the off season. I look, I look forward 32. to, I was 32. I was, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was accustomed to seeing my family in the stands. My whole identity and who I was as a football player was on the field. And so Walking away was extremely tough because in 2015, you know, when I was with the Jets, we had Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, we had Nick, you know, Nick Mango, Brickshaw Ferguson. We had so many guys who had played football at a high level that I felt if I was healthy and if I had completed a full year there, um, we could have made some hay. We could have did some things, and I was still prepared to do some things. But you know, my knees, my knees went south, man. They went, they were always in bad shape, and I had to have a real conversation with myself and doctors. And my wife, uh, my wife was like, hey, big fella, this is it. You know, the, we, I, I'm, I'm more worried about you life after football than the football player itself. So I had to really have a conversation with God and um, ultimately I had to hang it up. And, but I was I was bitter for a while, even with all the opportunities that were coming my way, Mike. Um, I was still like, this ain't me. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not talking about the game. I played the game. It took a while to kind of really come along and, and adjust to that, because a lot of times when I was frustrated, um, I was really frustrated that I wasn't on the field and I was bitter. And it took a lot. It took a lot of self-reflection and, and healing and, and just appreciate how far I had came. You know, I, I'm glad you shared that. And I'm glad that that you, you've gone through it and you can even look back and see and see where you were in your journey. And I'm wondering if you could say a word to somebody in your position, a player who has always looked at himself. Hey, I'm a pro football player. That's what I do. And now it's time to do something else. What would you say to encourage them so they could get from one phase of their lives to the next phase? Like, what, what's, what's, what's the best way to handle that situation? I think the biggest thing that helped me was the ability to um, let go. And the easiest way to let go is taking it day by day, still having the same professional mindset that you took on the football field, to whatever venture you take on. And for me, I, I knew I, I was, you know, I had did a, I had did a spot on S and Y. And I, uh, I remember walking off the set and I didn't like the way I sounded. I necessarily didn't like the way I looked either. And I was talking to my wife at the time about it. And she was like, well, give us some time. You haven't been on the air. Like, you know, you're on, you're on set with people who've been doing this for years. And so what I took from that was it became, I became competitive and I had developed a passion for it. So I started working at it and I started working about my delivery and what I wanted to talk about, having personality, my energy, and really trying to hone in and kind of shave down things that I wanted to, I wanted to do on air and how I wanted to present myself. And then I said, hey, I think I kind of like this. I kind of like, you know, talking, talking about sports and, and, and overall life and, and life in sports and everything that comes along with that. And so um, – I had to let go and I had to let go of what people had to say about me or how, what I had to say about myself. I just had to kind of go through the process. You just got to go through the fire. And I was able to do that. And I hope people do that too. Uh, that's a word right there. Um, I know it's you awesome. haven't let go awesome. of your, um, your resentment and your hatred uh, of AFC North foes. So I like to quickly kind of take stock of the rest of the division. You know, like we talked about this being, 
a transition uh, year of sorts uh, process at quarterback, at least for Pittsburgh. Um, meanwhile, the Bengals, they're doing this, you know, with Burrow mm-hmm. and Chase in the game. Uh, Cleveland, you know, kind of a, we'll, we'll see. Rocky relation. Yeah, you know, that's that's the perfect. Yeah, that face says it all. Exactly. It's like, eh, you know, and then Baltimore looked like Baltimore's going to be the number one seed in the AFC. You know, Lamar Jackson still got a contract to work out. They got some questions to answer about that offense. So just when you look at the landscape of the AFC North in particular, um, you know, Pittsburgh back in the playoffs, a familiar place. Cincinnati, the division champ. How do you assess uh, these four teams going forward, if you will? Well, I'm going to start with Cincinnati. I love Joe Burrows uh, when he was in LSU. I felt like he had the moxie. He had the confidence and he had the ability to do whatever he wanted to do on the football field. And I think if you watch him at a national championship game, you know he was ready for the big stage from day one. Now when he converted and he, now, he's, now he's in the pros, he's playing for the Bengals, I'm not surprised that he's having the success that he's having. You tell he's a competitor, he's a fighter, and he has a little bit of big Ben. You know, one thing I always said about Ben, man, you know, he would sell his soul to win one game on Sunday. He just had that fire. He doesn't lose. He doesn't want to lose. And so I think the Bengals are in the right position. Now, as far as the Browns, you know, the, the problems with the Browns is they don't know what to do with Baker Mayfield. You know, there was this was a team when you walked into the season, it was Super Bowl bust. Uh, they had the defense. They had a no, number of things in place. And then they had the little, I guess, limbo period where they were going through with OBJ and, and Baker. Now OBJ is in L.A. living his best life. Um, Baker being dinged up and really having, you know, they lost four of the last seven towards the end of that season, uh, of this season, excuse me. And now they're kind of like, all right, who are we? You know, have we, we've taken a step back. So our defense hasn't performed, performed at a high level. Ballot Miles Garrett has been a stud for them, but they still really haven't gone over the top and be that elite defense that they hope they, they could be. Baker has been stagnant. The offense hasn't gone anywhere. So there's a lot of questions to be had. Is Baker is the future for the Cleveland Browns? I don't know. Um, I know a lot of reports he sat down with the coach, and, um, you know, he, he looks like he's going to be there next year, but – I think they need to start looking for plan B for Baker Mayfield. Now, as far as Baltimore, the big problem with Baltimore, they had so many injuries early in their season that they really – it was hard for them to get going. And then Lamar kind of carried a little bit, and they started get coming along. But I think the biggest loss they suffered this year was against the Dolphins on Thursday night. Lamar threw four interceptions, and boom – they just haven't been able to recover. And obviously you can go back to, you know, John Harbaugh and, and two-point conversions and all that other nonsense. But the bottom line, the Ravens have extremely underperformed. But I think they're going to be okay. It's just a matter of those guys getting healthy, healthy and figuring out some contracts. I know Brandon Williams, the big nose tackle, he's making a lot of money for, him, for, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And so he has they have to figure out what they're going to do with his contract. And Cleus Campbell's going to probably be gone. I mean, he's, he's a little long in the tooth, so – and they got to get they got to get healthy. But Patrick McLean, I think he's going to be a stud ball player along with Marlon Humphrey. So, but as far as the Steelers, man, they're going to do what they do. They're going to figure it out. One thing Mike Tom is going to do. He, I say this all the time. And I think it doesn't get. I don't think it gets talked enough about when you talk about coaches. He's a one coach that has intangibles, right? When you talk about intangibles, it's usually a ball player and what he can do on the on the court or on the field. Mike Tomlin has a lot of intangibles that can carry a team. You talk about how he communicates mm-hmm. with players his no-nonsense approach, his ability to make things work even when things don't seem like it could work, and his ability to not only call his players, but his position coaches. Like, he's a very thorough and authentic dude. And so when you see these little intangibles and you see him kind of say, hey, I don't mind playing this guy. I don't mind giving this guy a chance. When he got to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
I was a, I was a I was a you know at that time I was already completed my rookie year, but I'm, I'm I was a fourth rounder from Hofstra. Who I don't even have a program no more. But he went to William yeah. and Mary. And he goes, I see something in this kid. I'm gonna give him a shot. And by the way, he didn't say I'm gonna give you multiple shots. He said I'm gonna give you one shot. And so he's that type of coach. He knows how to motivate guys, and he knows how to kind of not get in his own way. He's not a, he's not even afraid to call himself out when he's not doing things at a high level. So I think the Steelers gonna be okay. It's just a matter of who's going to be the signal caller from. And I think they're going to have a hard time figuring that out, considering that Kevin Colbert is retiring this year uh, as well. So yeah. it's going to be a little transition period, but still it's going to be okay. I think they just got to figure out who that guy is going to be. That was an excellent, uh, thorough response, and especially your Ravens great. answer. Th- that response. was a great SNY analyst response <laughs> because we know firsthand that that's not how you talk about the Ravens when you talk to our boy, Brandon. Our social media manager, Brandon, because Brandon knows, Brandon, you know, like we all family around here. Brandon has told me, how, and you two are very familiar with each other. It's a family reunion right That's now, brother, brother from another. Exactly. You know what I mean? Damn so we, right. we couldn't let you come on without bringing Brandon on to talk a little, uh, talk a little AFC North trash with you. You talking about intangibles? The Steelers got the intangibles to get that kick uh, on Sunday night on NBC to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Okay, and you gotta listen to Big Ben. He's smart. He he played in the MAC. He went to Miami Miami University. Okay, Miami Ohio Miami University. He said it straight up. They're the worst team in the playoffs, and they're gonna show it. Okay, and they're gonna show it. And you already know. And and hate to tell you, spoiler alert, it's gonna be another bad decision by a wide receiver at the end of the game. So, you know, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil the, the movie for you. It came in hot. It came in hot for you. Mike, you know what's it, what's, so, what's so funny about this? Like Brandon is the coyote, and I'm the roadrunner, bro. Like he's always gonna have something <laughs> quick and witty to say. He's always, he's always got a game plan that he understands. He loves his Ravens. By the way, he loves the Ravens only because of Bart Scott. You know, Bart Scott's the homie. You know, so I tell Bart the same thing. <laughs> right now, always Bart gonna be a jet. <laughs> always. So we know how it goes down. I love. Listen, one of my favorite things to do is after still a win, especially against Baltimore. I quietly, quietly take a picture of myself like this, and I send to Brandon. Like I got you, homie. So uh, he knows the time it is, man. Well, listen. This, this, and, and appreciate the uh, the LL Cool J look, uh, Brandon. Like this is uh, this. That's is a good look, hey, Brandon. That's good right there. That's a good. One. When, when, you should stay with that one. Stay with that. Look when, like he, when, Brandon looked like he sells DVDs outside of Rip Shack. <laughs> well, I was about to say. I was about to say we look like we in the same room. I'm gonna reach over and grab your. Y'all kind of do. That one well, is that too. There's that too. Thanks. Thanks for clearing up that y'all art. But no, Willie, listen, man, you and I go way back. I played Blu-ray for the first time with you oh, yeah. uh, many, many years ago. Lost, lost a lot of money to you and the rest of the linemen in Pittsburgh. But um, when Chica sh- told me that you were going to be on the show, obviously I know Brandon's relationship with you and really just wanted to bring y'all together. And I'd love for y'all to speak to it because I know Brandon was nodding off camera about you talking about transition. You two have meant so much to each other. As, yeah. as men, as as parents, as husbands, Brandon's a, any moment about to have, about to have baby number two. So with the time we got left, Brandon, if you could just kind of speak to what Willie has meant to you professionally and personally over the last several years. No, man, you, you said it. Um, you talk about being in the trenches and being at war with your brothers on the football field and, and me and Willie got a chance to do that in the media landscape and uh, <laughs> our character got a chance to show ourselves and uh, we just, it just made our bond even tighter, man. We was, we've been brothers since we, since we met. 
Uh, it was just, all it took was a look, and we started linking and having great times. I, I'm mad he brought up the family. He brought Bar Scott. I was like, okay, let me. What 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 can I bring up that that we 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 decide that we only text about? Um, right. But uh, but no, I, I love my brother. He, to this day, if somebody claps back on me on Twitter, he's coming back at him saying, "Delete your profile, delete your life." You know, he's from the Bronx, so he comes extra hard, more hard than I ever would. Uh, the real New York dude. So you know, that, that's that's my brother. I was really excited that that he was able to come on, and he did a good ass job on the show. Excuse me, I'm not trying to cuss. That's that's your job, Michael Smith. But Mike, really come on. Look at you, bro. Let's see you. Yes. So uh, two things going back to Mike uh, in Pittsburgh, man. Uh, B and, and, and Holly. Mike was playing Blu-ray Ray with us at the basement yeah. of a bar in Pittsburgh. It looked like a scene out of Bronx Tale. Remember when homeboy put put old boy in the in, in the in the in the bathroom? We almost had to put Mike in the bathroom because he was down so bad in that game. He looked at me. He was like, "Hey, man. So we we get we you know this is all fun, right? This, like this is we just having fun." <laughs> <laughs> hey, B. We was like, homie, you better check that wallet. You better figure it out. <laughs> man, you talk about somebody that was like mortified. He was like, so we we cool, right? I was like, I think, I think you better hit that ATM, homie. I think you better figure it out. <laughs> I think you better figure I said, it out. Uh, I, I said, babe, if the ATM tell you you can't withdraw the cash, just know it was for a good car because I'm working. This for work. Per, this expense. It's work, yeah. I, I think yeah, I lost research. about 550 to you fools. Exactly. Right. Hey, uh, Willie and I, Willie and I have ran some people off the off the space tables, by the way, and I and I, yeah. I hear I hear uh, Mike, Michael Smith reneges every now and then, but we don't we don't, oh, we don't wow. judge because Holly don't even know how to play. Oh wow! So, oh, oh wait a minute! Just, oh wait a minute! Yeah. Okay, that's not true. That's not true. But wait, Willie, you want to say one more thing? I'm sorry. I think we cut you I off. I want to say something. Yeah, I, I want to say I, I don't know if you paid that debt or not, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the fast forward, man. I, you know, one thing I try to do. Um, and I think you, you're a great example of that too, Mike, man, when you, when you see real, nothing needs to be said. You just kind of, you, you attach energies and you move forward. When I met B, I knew he was young, he was black, he was talented. And he was, he, at the time we were at Fox and he was, he was kind of the guy who was running, running around behind the scenes scenes. And I just, I looked at him and when you see somebody who's like, you in the wrong room, you, 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 you need to be, you're here. You need to be here. Uh, and I always felt that about him. And he's one guy who, like, I, I appreciate perspectives. Like, this is why we watch sports TV and we, we kind of talk, talk. Yeah. But his perspective, his and his outtake of things is so left for minds at times that sometimes, like, I look at him like, I, okay, I'm just going to go with him. I just, I don't, I, I, okay, B. But I love him and I respect him on so many levels, man. And uh, I'm just happy he's with two other brothers who are doing it at a big level because it makes sense. So I'm, I'm glad he's, he's got he's found a home with you guys, and I know he's going to do great yeah. things in the media business. He's, he's, a, he's a very integral member of the team, yes, and uh, he pretty soon he's going to be switching that. to uh, man-to-man coverage in uh, in the Newman household. Uh, so yeah. congratulations. <laughs> real. Uh, this is a thrill. To your growing family, bro. Really hey, Willie. Yeah, man. Good to have you, man. Good to bring y'all together. Thanks for blessing the show, man. Let's do it again soon, all right? Let's be in touch. Hey, you holler. I'm here. All right, man. Be good. All right. Love you, bro. Appreciate it. Love you, Joe. Love you. I got to ask, fully healthy, do you believe the Warriors with KD could have beat the 96 Bulls in a seven-game finals? Absolutely. Obviously, we will never know, but you put us on paper with them, I like our chances. I'd say dubs in six, too. 
Listen, Mike Smith, uh, I told you this before. Best basketball team. You've been, say, you've been saying this for a while. You've been saying this for a while. Best, this bas- is, this, best, yeah, this is, best yeah. team in my lifetime is the, oh, you pick one. You pick one of them. One of the one of the KD Warriors championship teams, and so I mean you you've got you got KD, you got Steph, you got Clay, you got Draymond, you still have Andre Iguodala uh, coming off the bench, you got Sean Livingston, you got these guys. I just feel like that team, the Warriors, they is just Kirk got coaching more. or playing? Is Kirk coaching okay, the Warriors Kirk's or playing. is he playing for the Bulls? Okay, Kerr's playing right. for the Bulls. He's playing, okay. so you gotta have okay. you gotta have Mike right. Brown or somebody. I get Kerr. Okay. Okay. All right, you got Kerr. You got Kerr coming off okay. the bench. Okay. You know, you okay. still got Ron Hunter. You, you see Ron Harper. I see Ku Coach over we there. Got, we got we got four Hall of Famers each, minimum. Because, you know, maybe right. uh, maybe Iguodala gets in there for all and we know. Mike, I'm Mike, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Who's, it may who's be the terms, most talented. Whose terms, whose terms are we playing on, Bob? By the way, because it's a different era. And it is a oh, you mean like three? You mean like three? Three point playing, emphasis versus? I don't care. Are we playing the? I don't care. The crux I don't of care. Warriors or the crux of Bulls? Honestly, oh, I don't see, care. You, I don't care. I don't. You one of those I dudes. Don't. You one of those dudes. I know. I you one of those dudes. Maybe. I, yeah. I, I'm sure I am. I'm one of. There's those, an altar. You got an altar. You got a Michael Jordan altar. I know. Yes. You can't see I know three is. I know three is more than two. I know three is more than two. And the Golden State Warriors were an incredible defensive team. Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant are incredible defenders. Draymond is one of the best defenders of this era. It's a great and matchup. And it will all go down in NBA history. However, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, they locking you the F down. Okay? They are, okay. no, 96 Bulls some- ain't losing. Give me the greatest player of all time. KD may go down as top five. Steph may go down as top five. Give me the greatest player of all time. And give me the greatest number two of all time. I'm taking Michael about LeBron. and Scotty, and I'm taking my We ain't talking about LeBron no, right no, now. I mean, no, I mean sidekick. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't muddy the waters. Don't conflate these two things. And I get Dennis Rodman. And I get Dennis Rodman. Dennis, Dennis Rodman, Rodman. Yeah, will Dennis frustrate Rodman. Draymond Green. Will yes, frustrate, he will. Will, will guard any yes. of them. Will guard all of them. There's, give me Dennis Rodman. Give me all of it's, them. Get, get, he my man any said of dubs and Bulls. six. He say he said we sweep them. He said dubs and six. It would be a really good series. Bulls and five. Dubs and seven. Bulls and five. It's a great Bulls and oh, five. Gentlemen God. sweep. Bulls hey, and five. I'll do you one better. I'll raise you. I'll by raise way, you. Bulls and five. I don't even know if it's. I don't even know if it's going to be those two. Because I want. I envision a tournament. I want like the eight best teams of all time. We're going to have the eighty-six Celtics in there. We're going to have the eighty-seven Lakers in there. We had a 62-63 Celtics with like eight Hall of Famers. We're going we're gonna to open this up here and see who emerges. But you know who's going to emerge? Bull, bulls and fives, maybe six. No, Bulls and five, maybe six. We know it ain't seven because MJ they don't do game the, sevens in hey, the finals. You know, MJ you don't know do game sevens. Okay. In, in 96, they beat, they won their finals in six over the Sonics and they're not an all-time great team. 